Welcome back to the Business and Sports Discourse. Jay, I'm excited to talk to you. We know what's been going on in uh, America and the world following George Floyd's murder, and we've seen protests nationwide, even internationally. And while we're not going to talk about that specifically today, what we are going to talk about is the intersection, again, the whole point of this podcast, the intersection of sports and business. So in light of all that's been happening, we're seeing a lot of leagues, teams, and organizations coming out with different kinds of statements of support for the civil unrest and, you know, basically trying to support uh, the cause of, hey, like, you know, kind of like this anti-racist type feel, it's anti-systemic racism type um, statements and supporting the individuals that maybe a team organization or corporate uh, sponsorship uh, deals with. And we're seeing all different kinds of things. So I guess first things first, what are some of the corporate um, PR stuff that you're seeing that has kind of you know taken notice that you've taken notice of? I guess in terms of not only um, it being positive, but maybe even less than positive or just plain on vanilla in terms of its wording. Yeah, and I think what I've been noticing is companies in general that are really not coming out with anything that. The good companies are not coming out with anything different that they haven't been saying over the years. Um, they've been there. You know, how about Nike? Let's talk about Nike for an example. So Nike was one of the first companies to support Colin Kaepernick a couple of years ago um, when he was, you know, when this started with the, the knee from Colin and he wasn't able to get back into the league. So they've seemed to be the one that's always been you know, always the forefront. I don't know if that's a good word, but you know, the, Nike's been the one that always tries to push the envelope a little bit. What do you think of that? I think that 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 in and of itself, in terms of their support of Colin and their support of other individuals as well. Like you see, they supported Colin kind of throughout this, and they had a whole marketing push. I think about a year, year and a half ago as well. We've seen them support Serena Williams. Um, throughout her career and Venus as well. But Serena's been a little bit more outspoken than Venus has been. Uh, and there's other people as well that they supported. At the same time, they also supported Alberto Salazar when he was you know, running roughshod yeah. over some of his okay. email Touché. athletes. Good point, good point. Yep. And they also supported Lance Armstrong when he was running roughshod over some of his compatriots. So again, with, a, with an operation as big as Nike, you know, I mean, they're they're they're, they're in, in, they are intimately involved in literally every single sport. So I think you can easy, it's easy to cherry pick positive and negative examples with a company, especially that big and that prominent. Yeah, and I, th you know, you just made a good point that now it's easy to go back through the internet and Google and actually look at what these companies did when nobody was quote you know when nobody's looking. So now that everybody's looking, people are going back and saying, well, "What did you do?" You know. A year ago, two years ago, what's been? What have you always been doing? So the, the Salazar example is a good thing, and you know, with Salazar, he was deeply embedded into the whole Nike culture through you know Oregon Project and all that. So, um, but again, you know, Nike is a huge corporation, and there's just so many different. They have their tentacles and everything on purpose, so they're they're, they're bound to be to be messed um, to be in some in some of the you know the the bad stuff as well as the good. But again, they're the ones that are always coming to the forefront. Um, you know, they'll throw dollars behind anything. And this is a business podcast. So they're quick to just throw money at stuff. And I don't know if that's, you know, I guess what else are you going to do with all that money that they have? Well, and then I think that it, it comes down to uh, with, with this sort of thing in terms of corporations and teams and leagues, 
uh, deciding how they're going to approach something like this is that you have, all right, not only what are they willing to say in the moment, but also what are they willing to do not only right now, but in the future when something like this happens, or even more importantly, maybe when something less egregious happens, are they willing to act? Right. So you have like you have, you have varying degrees of of uh, of leagues and teams saying something like you could go full Ben and Jerry's and like their mm-hmm. their their press release was like, you know, like it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, it yes. was very powerful. They went like, you know, I never seen like a history lesson put into like 500 words, you know, more succinctly. Right. It was well done. It was very well done. For, yeah. To your point, it's very short to the point. Very well done. Right. And they, they, they went like, man, they just went like, here's the last 300 years and 500 words. And I was like, wow, this was, I don't know if they like, I don't know how many years they spent doing that, but if they did that in, in a day, like they, they should, they should branch out from ice cream and maybe create a publishing company. But, um, but, but let's wait, wait, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there because see, but Ben and Jerry's MO has always been like that, right? They've never, you know, they've never been in the wrong, not never been on the wrong side of anything, but they've always been the forefront of, you know, power to, that's just their background, right? So to, to me, that comes across as genuine. Right, right. I don't think anyone was surprised that they came out strongly. I think people were probably surprised that a corporation, you know, just has the has the guts to lay out there like that, um, which, which, which was really awesome. Then you have kind of the other side of things where you have the NFL and more specifically, <laughs> even like the Washington Redskins coming out with a generalized support uh, of their players and of individuals who are subjugated by, you know, um, you know, systems of oppression and racism and systemic racism, societal, you know, all the societal constructs and all of these things. And you're like, all right, like, yeah, like your, <laughs> How about sta- your name, like, like your, your, <laughs> your statement isn't inherently wrong, but like you're either tone deaf to this moment or you're tone deaf to your past exploits because you're missing the mark here. Like, you know, if if someone who's already been a champion of this of, of the cause put out a similar statement, it would be viewed differently than like if the Washington Redskins is like, hey, we've always been on the side against social oppression. You're like, your name is the Washington Redskins. You have not right. always been on the side. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 this coin, you know, same with the NFL, like you blackballed Colin Kaepernick. You can't say you've always been against this. You have literally done the opposite. Yeah, which which goes back to Ben and Jerry's example. That makes that one genuine and heartfelt. And you know, they they could put that statement out. They could have put that statement out two weeks ago, and it would have been like, you know, this is just how they feel. But could the NFL have put out that statement two weeks ago? No, I mean, uh, they, they had a chance three years ago. They didn't do it. Right. That's exactly right. And they could have. You know, they could have done. You know, even last shoot, even last year—not last year, but I mean, it feels like last year when when they when they had <laughs> Colin Kaepernick um, do the uh, do his workouts. Oh you know, yeah, like, like they tried to make it a stunt, and they didn't even tell him where the workout was going to be. They didn't tell him the time. Like it was a pure publicity stunt, and th- that's the thing is that you have these leagues when they act in bad faith, and we can talk about that sort of uh, negotiation or poor negotiations uh, later when we talk about Major League Baseball and what's going on with them and whether they're going to restart in 2020. That's a whole different podcast that I'm sure we'll get to. Um, you know, you ha- this is, this is part of it is that what you say in the moment is important. Sure. But much more important is the actions that you're willing to take to support what you're willing to say. 
So I think this is kind of the calculus for everybody involved is, okay, like, all right, so you said X, Y, Z. Great. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. We're probably going to forget 10 minutes later unless it's, unless it's completely inflammatory. What, what, what's more important is, okay, the next time something happens, what are you going to do? So there's two sides. Of this. You're, you're the, there's the athlete perspective of holding their team or league to account, which in this era, they're able to do unlike any other era that we've ever had in sports. And then also on the, on the team side, you're like, are we really willing to say this if we're not going to do anything? Because ultimately, everyone has the receipts now, and they'll be able to call us on the carpet if we don't do the things that we said we were going to do. And But this is the problem, right? So let's pick on the NFL because, you know, that's the easy they're one. They're an easy pick. target. Let's yeah, do it. They put themselves out there. So as a player, and again, this is a business podcast, not a political podcast, Um you have two choices. You either play for the NFL or you don't, right? It's not like you can't go work for a different company. Um, you know, so if you don't, you know, Colin Kaepernick was one of the only ones that said, I am not going to work slash play for the company because I don't believe in your values. And look what happened to him. Now, has anyone since him had had the guts? I don't want to say the guts. I take that back. Has anyone done that since then? I don't think so. Well, here's the thing. They had other athletes do it, but he was definitely the leader behind it. And he was definitely the the lightning rod for and he became that scape- whole... He became the scapegoat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, that's, another, that's another way of putting it. But you had people like Eric Reed do it, who was you know a, a Pro Bowl defensive back, who you know had kind of a, a different result, but was side-by-side side with Colin because they were teammates. And we've had other athletes do things like that, but you know, what you have in that situation is now let's look at the Florida state example. So Mike Norvell is a new coach for the Florida state Seminoles football team. He came from Memphis. uh, So he's new to that program considering what happened with COVID-19. He hasn't really had a chance to bond with his players the way a new coach normally would. So, you know, everything, you know, George Floyd is murdered. Protests happen. He puts out a statement a couple, two days ago saying over the weekend, my staff and I reached out to every single player on the team to engage with them and in, in these conversations and to make sure that they feel supported and, and so on and so forth. Right. And then like, so that, so that goes out, a journalist tweets that quote without fact checking it, which was there, which was there, you know, which was, you know, I don't say that's good or bad, but they just put it out into the world. And then, you know, a minute later, the best player on that defense tweets, you know, kind of quote, quote tweets it and says, you know, that's nonsense. He must use a much stronger word than that, but I'm not <laughs> going to use that word because we're going to try to keep this you know, so the kids can listen. Right. Um, but as he said, that's nonsense. And my teammates and I are not going to work out until this is rectified. So all of a sudden, this wasn't a you either comply or you don't play type situation, which has always been the way with college athletics, where the coaches and teams have always had all the power because they've had the ability to remove a scholarship because a scholarship is is a is a one year contract with right. three with three option years as opposed to a four year contract, like people often oftentimes assume it is. So all of a sudden, you have a player calling out a coach in public, in college, nonetheless, not even NFL. Hold, yeah, and and holding him to account. So all of a sudden, this black or white and pardon the use of words there, but all of a sudden where like you had 
And before it was like a cause and effect. Either you comply and play or you don't comply and don't play. Even in the college athletics now, it's been turned on its head. Player empowerment um, in all of its forms are at an all-time high. And they have the ability, especially with a extremely emotionally charged topic like this one, and rightfully so, to hold you know, the people who are trying to lead them to account in doing so in public to the point where Mike Norvell immediately has to respond. And, you know, and good for, and good for the players on Florida state for doing that. Because if you're going to, if you're going to come out and say things, whether you're a coach a league or a team, and you're going to put it out there nowadays, you can't be fake about it because you will be held to account, whether it's a minute later, a day later, a week later, or a year later. And that's what we're seeing nationwide. Yeah. And that's a good point, especially, you know, let's transition over to the NBA because that's starting up down in Orlando. And, um, uh, oh my God, not Stern. The, who's that? Oh, see? Adam Silver. Thank you. Jeez. I was been watching the Michael Jordan documentary and Stern's on like every episode. So, um, so Silver came out with, when, with Ka- Kaepernick kneeling and said, the NBA has a rule that you need to stand for the national anthem, period, hard stop, end of story. Well, I'm curious what happens in Orlando. Um, you know, the the timing of this can't be any, I don't know, better or worse for these players. So I've not seen anything yet on this, but that's been, to your point, you know, it's on the internet, it's been out there. He got some flack for it when he said it, but now I'm curious as to now we're in the, the thick of what's going on. And these players haven't played since March and are going to have the opportunity to play for a couple of weeks. Um, what happens when they go down there and into Florida and start playing? Right. And I think this also gets back to the kind of relationship the league has with its players to begin with, because Adam Silver made that statement. And there were certainly people who chafed against that, but ultimately they didn't have, um, you know, this didn't end up becoming an issue uh, externally for the league. I mean, who knows what kind of happened, what happened internally in terms of conversations the league had with players and things like that. And there could have been a lot of animosity going back and forth that maybe never hit the airwaves, but ultimately it didn't become this huge thing. And you never know, like they might just said, Hey, listen, we support you to do this, but given the current climate, like we just don't want the political flack, like kick here are other ways. Can we just come up with other ways for you to express yourself in a protest type um, movement? that doesn't necessarily involve this and will give you, you know, I think what ended up happening is that they kind of loosened. And I don't know if this was a concerted effort or a trade of some kind behind the scenes, but they definitely loosened the rules in terms of what players were able to wear in pregame. Like, you know, you had players, you know, not long after wearing the, I can't breathe shirts, uh, NBA and WNBA, um, during, during warmups and things like that. And certainly that wasn't an NBA sanctioned, uniform which is the rule like there is just like just like every other league there are things that they have to wear as part of their you know their garment agreements with whatever you know you know nike or reebok or whoever right these things what they can wear during pregame is mandated you know there's a certain range of things you can wear you know bill belichick is famous for this because he wears what people say he has to wear but he'll (laughs) deform it and in in a way of silent (laughs) protest um and the nba is no different so maybe that was kind of a trade behind the scenes that when you have good relationships between management and players that you can kind of barter that out behind the scenes to make it so that you kind of can have your cake and eat it too, while trying to avoid something that might, you know, become a third rail issue. With that being said, though, 
you bring up a good point. Who, you know, this league, you know, we're going to see what happens in Orlando and times have changed, right? It's four years later and the players might look at Adam Silver and say like, no, we're not going to make that sort of agreement anymore. You know what I mean? Like we're not, we'll, we'll silent protest any way we choose. And as long as we're not interrupting the game, we expect you to be not only fine with it, but to have our backs. And it'll be interesting to see what the NBA would do in that situation. Yeah. And again, just like the NFL, these players are, you know, they have two choices. They either play for the NBA or they don't. You know, there's not another company they go play for. The NBA is the only company, and I use the word company. Um, that's it. You know, if they want to make the money they want to make and do what they want to do, they have to be in the NBA. So there are rules put in place, but at the same time, there has to be some sort of culture. And you would think of all leagues, the NBA would be one at the forefront of this because the NBA is a, is a player-driven um, you know, organization. There's five guys in the court at any time, and it's usually the one or two superstars. So you would think behind the scenes, and maybe to your point before, they've been having these conversations, whereas the NFL, there's just so many players and so much happening that it was kind of like, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to say, and, and that's, that's, that's all there is. Yeah, and I think the other side of this, too, that we want to touch on would be the relationship between athletes and sponsors. So there's two different ways to go here. So you have someone like Wendell and Barry, who uh, a couple years ago, who a, a U.S. hammer thrower, won the U.S. Pan Am Games, raised her fists on the medal stand, and then was put on probation by the USOPC for a year for doing that. Uh, she wasn't the only one at the Pan Am Games who did that, but she's kind of been in the news recently. Yeah. And yep. so, so, so to put on probation for a year because of that, and then two-thirds of her sponsorship deals were pulled because of because of what she did that day. And again, this was just her, and she talked about this at the time, and even recently. It wasn't in, um, she didn't do that in terms of a protest of a specific event, like we're seeing now, like, you know, in light of George Floyd, people are mentioning him by name, and Colin Kaepernick had a specific issue. Hers was more of just generally, like, we can do better, and I'm going to do this. And again, you know, I, I love running. I have a, I have two running podcasts, right? Even with that said, no one watches the Pan Am Games. I don't think she said this after the fact. She didn't expect any, she didn't expect this to get picked up nationally. She didn't expect anyone outside of that like arena or stadium to see what she did. And it became an international thing, which I think surprised everybody. Um, you know, and she's even mentioned it. It shocked her at the time. But it's funny because you know, in terms of tone deafness when it comes to certain leagues and teams, this past, you know, this past week, the CEO of USOPC comes out in a very similar statement that we saw from the NFL and a lot of other leagues. Like, hey, we support our athletes. We support right. you know, anyone going through these sorts of things. We we support silent protests. And then Gwen Berry immediately, just like the players at Florida State, where it was like, oh, yeah, well, what about me, man? Like, you just put me on probation for doing the exact same thing that you are now supporting? Like you took away two thirds of my income because of your actions, actions that you now say you not only are okay with, but you fully support. So what does that mean? And now, like, I think, I think they've had some, some conversations now and they started to hash it out, but you know, this is the kind of thing now when you're an organization, you have to, you have to, you know, be kind of on the right side of history here in terms of you, if you're going to call your shot, you better stick to it. And at the same time, if you're a sponsor, we're going to start seeing this now. Is that like, I don't know who the sponsors are when, when Barry um, did that, who pulled out. Like those aren't appearing in articles. But if a more high profile athlete 
gets their sponsorship deals pulled because of a similar silent protest or something along those lines, it's going to be interesting to see if other athletes, especially other athletes who are sponsored by that company, will speak out in support of their fellow athlete. Yeah, and and, and again, I was about to say that. It's also on the flip side. How many athletes are going to be, you know, not want to take the dollars to be sponsored by a company that they don't, that doesn't support them or doesn't support a cause that they are, uh, that they feel strongly about. Um, And again, at the end of the day, unfortunately, it comes down to money and dollars and cents. But it's really nice to see some of these athletes stepping up and saying, um, you know, it's a little bit more than that right now. And we'll see what companies do because you have two sides of the coin. We'll see if companies who are trying to express what their what kind of behaviors that they're willing to tolerate on some degree, right? And you have other companies, and I'll stick in the running space here, like Wazell, who, uh, when it comes to uh, a bunch of different issues, expect their sponsored athletes to kind of be leading the charge for social change. So you'll have some companies who say, okay, if you want to take a you know a political stance, all right, all right, fine, fine, you can do it. You're right, we're, we're, we'll be tolerant of that. You have other companies who kind of go the other way, who will say, hey, we expect you in these moments to stand up and be part of leading change. And in the current climate, we'll see if if certain sponsors will gravitate more towards that, especially sponsors who may be on the lower end of prominence because they'll have the ability to maybe bring in a higher profile athlete because they say they're going to support them in that endeavor. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna be interesting if they don't have the dollars to put behind it, like a you know, like a lower sponsor. Um, will the athlete feel strongly enough about their you know, uh, their, 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 their feelings on what's going on and, and go with a company that feels the same way or is not going to come out and say something completely different. And then you have this animosity and friction between the athlete and the, and the company. Well, yeah, well, not everyone is going to be necessarily on the exact same page. Right. They don't have to, but I think tolerance is more than or not, not being hypocritical. Yeah, that's another way of putting it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I know this is a topic that is international right now. We appreciate you listening to us. Uh, We're going to have another episode again out tomorrow, Wednesday, and another one out on Friday with our good friend that we can't wait to interview. Actually, we're going to interview him in in seven minutes, Jason Fitzgerald from Strength Running. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.